1: Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman streaks to the home of young Howard Jones, The boy track star leaves the bus and steps into great danger. Good night, Bill. Good night, Howard. See you at the playground championships next week. Okay. What the... Look out for that car, Howard!
0: Holy smokes, he'll be killed. Howard, look out! Down through the ages, history and science tell us... The peoples of the earth always suffered an adventurous sort of wanderlust that made them travel all over the globe. But it always took great courage and stamina for them to go where no human being had ever been before, to speak in places that had never heard a human voice, and to walk on earth that had never felt a human footstep. America was once a place like that. Our own country was once a land in which there was nothing human. There were only animals, insects, reptiles, and birds, which lived in a sort of lush jungle of overgrown vegetation. And then one day, people came. No one knows just how they got here. Some think they came from the land we now call Siberia. And it's a good guess that they crossed over from Siberia to America on the ice. You see, the Bering Straits, which is the water that separates Siberia from Alaska, has been known to freeze hard enough so the people can walk all the way across from one land to another. So these people, who were strong enough and brave enough to come over the ice, became the first human beings to set foot on the continent of America. Thousands of years later, Columbus came here and found these people whom he called Indians. These Indians were the first Americans. Well, that gang means that technically all modern Americans except the Indians are foreigners because everybody else came here from other lands after the Indians were already here. But actually, all of us from all countries and of all colors and religions, no matter when our ancestors happened to come here, are Americans. Because America is our home, the home of the brave and the land of the free. Let's keep it that way. And now,
1: the adventures of Superman. Disregarding the threats of a boy named Ralph Mason, cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, manager of the Unity House track team, entered two colored boys in a playground track meet. At the start of a race, a shot fired by Ralph's Uncle George, who was hidden in the balcony, raised Jimmy's head and narrowly missed, taking his life. Later, Howard Jones, one of the Unity House track stars, nervously told Park Kent, who is Superman, that he believed the bullet was meant for him. Then, obviously frightened, the boy refused to say any more, and left for his home in a bus, unaware that George Mason, the man who had almost killed Jimmy Olson, was trailing him in a car. As Howard left the bus at the dark, thinly settled city limits, George Mason swung his car around the bus and, stepping on the gas, bore down on Howard at high speed. At that moment, fearful that Howard was in danger, Superman is speaking through the dark sky on his way to Howard's house. About a hundred yards overhead, his keen ears catch the wild shout of the bus driver. Looking downward, the man of steel takes in the situation at a glance. What? Great Scott, that's Howard. And he's going to be run over. Down!
2: Down! Checking
1: his headlong flight, Superman plummets downward like some great flashing eagle. Then in the flick of an eyelid, he sweeps young Howard Jones from the path of the maniac's car a split second before it roars past. You all right, Howard?
2: Yes, sir. I... Holy smoke, you're Superman.
1: That's right, son. Now we've got to You saved a... my life. Oh, golly, thanks, Superman. You're welcome, son. Up with you now. We're going after that car. Up, up. And away! There's the car just ahead, Howard. I'll stop it and we'll have a talk with the driver. Down! How are you going to stop it, Superman? Just put my hand on it like this. Holy smokes! You stopped it like it was a toy.
2: What stopped my car?
1: I did, mister. Who are you? Superman. Superman? That's right. You realize you almost ran this boy down? What are you talking about? I, I didn't see the boy. I didn't see anybody.
2: This, this is a dark road. You time. saw
1: the bus stop. Why didn't you wait like you're supposed to? I uh, I didn't expect anybody to cross in front of the bus. Sorry, I scared you, boy.
2: No, that's okay, mister. I, I guess you couldn't help it. Well, as
1: long as nobody's hurt, I'll be good. Just a minute, please. What's your name?
2: George. Uh, George
1: Brown. You ever see this man before, Howard? No, sir. Why, what's it to you? Oh, just wondering. All right, you may go. Come on, Howard. I'll see you home. I want to have a little talk with you.
2: I tell you, John, I didn't mean to shoot Jim Olson. I was aiming to plug the Jones kid in the leg so he couldn't move.
1: Are you out of your mind, George? How could you take a chance like that and then try to run Jones down in your car?
2: Well, Jones wouldn't listen when Ralph told him to stay out of the contest with white boys. The Unity House coach and Jim Olson wouldn't listen either. So I had to show those colored kids we meant business. Yes, George.
1: But there are other ways of showing them without flirting with the electric chair. Well,
2: maybe. But that Jones kid got me sore. Another that other colored boy, Bobby Lee. They told Ralphie they had just as much right to compete as he did.
1: They were right, George.
2: What? Do you mean that? Of
1: course. The Constitution guarantees equal rights to all citizens, regardless of their race, color, or religion.
2: You know that. Don't go it John. Are you standing up for those those colored kids? Do you think they should have equal rights? Not necessarily. But you've
1: got to understand that's the law, George. They have constitutional rights. So you've got to be careful how you treat them.
2: You must be crazy talking that way, John. No, George, it's you who are crazy.
1: You're so blind with hate, you don't know what you're doing. Now look, we're not picking on those kids because we have anything against them personally.
2: No? Then why are we... It's
1: because we want all people of their race to feel they're not as good as we are. Yes, but... We employ 35 of their kind in our factory, George. Now as long as we keep them in their place, they'll work for less money than we would have to pay our kind. It's a cold business proposition, that's all. I know that, John, but aside from that... Now, George, to... stop being a crazy fool. Like those race fanatics, or you'll spoil everything.
2: Dad, hey, Dad.
1: Uh, yes. What is it, Ralphie? The police guy just turned in our street. Police? Uh-huh. I've been expecting them. And quit, George. Get out of the house. That way, hurry. All right, John. Now, Ralphie, you remember what you're to say.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Dad, I remember. Fine.
1: Now, keep tour. Here they come. Do I understand, Sergeant Healy, that you're accusing my son of threatening those two taller boys? That's right, Mr. Mason. I told them to resign from the Unity House track team, or they'd be sorry. Oh, no, I... I... I can't believe it. He also threatened the coach of the team, and the manager, Jim Olson. Ralphie, is this true, what the sergeant and Mr. Kent say?
2: Well, I... I did say we kids on the Grove Street team didn't want to compete against Howard Jones and Bobby Lee. Why? Just because they were colored? Yeah.
1: I... I can't understand this, gentlemen. Why, Why I employ 35 colored people in my business, and I'm sure Ralph has never heard me talk of them with anything but the highest consideration. Isn't that true, son? Well, well, yes, Dad, but... Just a minute. Ralph, what do you know about the shooting at the armory this afternoon? Shooting? At the armory? Yeah, Bullet creased Jim Olson. just missed killing him. Good heavens.
2: Do you know about that, Ralphie? Well, no. Only that, well, I heard the starter shot him by mistake.
1: Well, that's what we thought. All except Kent here. Till we found the bullet and discovered it didn't come from the starter's pistol. It came from a rifle. What do you know about that, Ralph? I don't know anything about it, Mr. Kent. Now, listen. One kid. moment, Sergeant, please. Ralphie, look at me. I want the truth. Do you know anything about the shooting?
2: No, sir. Honest well, I don't.
1: Well, I think you can take Ralph's word on this gentleman. He's never lied to me. Okay. We'll accept that. For now. Thanks, Mr. Mason. Let's go, Kent. Oh, wait, Sergeant. No I want More to... time, Kent. We've well, got I... a lot of things to do. Come on. Reluctantly, Clark Kent leaves the Mason residence. Unaware that the disarming John Mason is the real power behind the bigotry, which already almost has resulted in murder. What will happen now? We'll be back in a moment for the tense climax of today's episode, so stand by.
0: Suppose you were walking down the street one day, gang, and you heard this. Naturally, you'd want to turn around and see what glamour gal ready the wolf call, wouldn't you? Well, about the last thing you'd expect to see was a 350-pound cute cookie. But suppose that's exactly what you did see. Bet you'd turn to the guy who whistled and say, I don't want her, you can have her. She's too fat for me. But if you happen to be visiting a certain African tribe, you'd soon discover that these people think that the fatter a girl is, the more beautiful she is. That's right the native boys would sneer at one of our movie glamour girls and say, I don't want her, you can have her, she's too thin for me. Now, that only proves that different people have different ideas of what's glamorous. All of us, no matter where we live, are likely to say, our men are handsome, our women are beautiful. That's how people should look. And when strangers come around, we think they're funny because we're not used to their kind of looks. That's why African natives seeing white men for the first time thought white skin was a sign of sickness. The Indians in America took one look at the early settlers and pityingly called the white men pale faces. On the other hand, the white men thought the other races looked peculiar on first seeing them. So you see, gang, your idea of good looks depends on where you live, what you're used to. But as you get to know people, you learn how unimportant these outward differences are. It's their character, their sincerity and sportsmanship that really goes down deep. That's why, though people of the world can't agree on what makes a person good-looking, they all agree that character is the only thing that counts. And now,
1: back to the adventures of Superman. Shortly after Clark Kent and the police left the house of John and George Mason, the two brothers were again in conference. Well, George, I'm quite sure I threw the police and Clark Kent completely off the track. That's fine, John, fine. But get this. I'm not going to let you get us into a scrape like this again. Well, what are you going
2: to do? Lay off those colored kids? Of course
1: not. We can't let Howard Jones run in the city playground championships next Saturday because he'll probably set another record. That'll get him lots of fine publicity and give all the members of his race big ideas. And we've got to keep them
2: feeling inferior. And afraid of us. Now you're talking. Just leave it to me.
1: I certainly will not leave it to you.
2: Now look here, John. I'll be more careful this time. You can bet you
1: will. Because this time you're going to listen to me. I figured out a splendid way to handle those kids so we won't have to worry about them anymore. Ever. And anyone who objects will be very sorry. Yes. Very sorry, indeed. (laughs) Gleaming in his hard-lined face, John Mason, cold-blooded bigot, plans a new attack on innocent boys and on whoever attempts to defend them. What is John Mason's new plan? What will happen? A great deal happens tomorrow, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in same time, same station for Chapter 5 of The Skin Game on The Adventures of Superman.
0: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station, which follows, which offers Captain Midnight in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.